Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, I appreciate you guys who were praying for me last week when I was out sick. I uh, hope you were able to enjoy the mini-sode that I put out, and uh, I know some of you even listened to the interview that I linked to in there. So appreciate you guys. Thank you for all of you who reached out to me, and those who didn't, anyone who was praying, thank you very much. I'm feeling much, much better. I'm just about at 100% now. have uh, most of my... I feel well, but, you know, after you're kind of sick for a while, you uh, lose some energy. It takes a while to get your energy back up, but I'm almost there. I feel like... 90, 95%. So feeling good. So thank you for that. Um, so I'm back this week with a, a full episode today. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, and actually, we're going to be talking a little bit about energy. Uh, we're going to be talking about the subject of motivation today. Uh, I want to cover uh, the topic of what I call making the most of motivation. And when I'm talking about motivation, I mean, uh, kind of that that energy, that boost of energy you get and focus that gives you kind of that let's get things done attitude, you know, I think we've all experienced that in our lives where you just are tremendously focused and just ready to tackle even a huge project. But the trouble with motivation is it kind of comes and goes, you know, you, you might be, you, you wake up on a Saturday and you say, you know what? I'm ready to clean out the garage. I'm going to do this thing. And then you get out there and get started in a half hour into it. You realize how big the project is and there's all these decisions you have to make. And you're like, well, I can't really throw that stuff away. Um, man, these Christmas decorations have nowhere to go. Right. And the motivation putters out and then so does your project. Um, so that, that really is, I think the problem with motivation, um, it's elusive. Uh, no sooner has it come than it's gone again. Uh, so how can we make the most of motivation? You know, as, as Christians who are, are trying to steward our lives well for God's glory, who are trying to be productive with our time here on earth, how can we, how should we think about motivation, even biblically? And how do you make the most of it? How do you, you know, treat it like you do money or, or time, um, or anything else in your life? How do you treat it like a stewardship from God? Those winds of inspiration or motivation. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're talking about four ways to make the most of motivation. Um, just a quick reminder before we jump all the way into it. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, maybe you're listening on the website or someone shared it with you, please do go ahead and subscribe if you like this kind of thing. Um, here every Monday with a new episode, and we cover all things related to productivity from a Christian and biblical perspective. So please do subscribe. And if you have been listening and you enjoy it, uh, just give you a, a Another opportunity here, we have a newsletter. I send out a twice-weekly newsletter, and you can find that at redeemingproductivity.com slash newsletter. It's a great way to find out about new episodes. I, I put out videos. I'm trying to do that even more frequently now, a lot of how-tos, things like that. Uh, and I also have a weekly blog on there and a roundup of different links from around the web that I think are helpful to you in uh, your journey to become a more productive Christian. So check out those things, the newsletter and subscribe. Okay, let's dig in. Four ways to make the most of a motivation. That's how we pronounce it here in France. 
I'm not in France. Okay, so the first one. The first way to make the most of motivation is don't depend on it. Don't depend on it. I think that one of the big mistakes that we are prone to make in regard to our productivity is becoming reliant on those fickle winds of motivation. Uh, I can think back to when I was in my undergrad days. I actually majored in in film um, a long time ago. And I remember putting off those big projects. You know, I did it with the, with the film projects and we had papers and stuff too. And I remember that I would wait to the last minute on a lot of stuff. And the reason I would give is, you know, I'd sit down at my computer uh, and, you know, <laughs> have like ready to, ready to start working and say, well, I'm just not motivated right now. I'm not feeling it. And so then, you know, you'd go to the workout center or you'd, you'd call a friend and, and you'd say, hey, let's go do this or that. And maybe I'll be motivated later. And you put it off and you put it off and put it off. And what's the problem there? Well, I'm relying on motivation to actually be productive. And it's kind of like, you know, the artists will talk about like waiting on the muse to be upon them. Um, I think we can be the same way is we treat motivation like it's the only way for us to accomplish anything is like, that is the gas that's in our tank. And, and if we, and if we don't have motivation, then we have no gas in the tank, so we can't go. Right. But here's an analogy for you. <laughs> I don't think we need to treat motivation like gas in the tank. I think the gas in the tank should be our daily discipline, our daily um, systems for, you know, plodding along through our productivity. So what's motivation? It's like the nitrous oxide, right? It's like the NOS button. I know nothing about cars and I have assiduously avoided the uh, Fast and the Furious movies. So I think this is how this works from video games or something. But you have like the, the nitrous oxide and you hit that and you can go you go faster, but it's, it's limited, right? It's limited. You can still go without it, but the, the NOS gives you like the boost to go even faster. Okay. I just made that up on the fly. So you guys, you can write to me if that doesn't make sense, <laughs> but I do think that's how we treat it. It's, it's motivation is a boost. It's, it's a little, uh, turbo and you can go faster. You can go harder. You can go more focused when you have motivation. But if you treat it like it's the thing you need to even uh, start the wheels turning, you're never going to get anything done. Or you are only by like kind of like fits and starts and sputtering, right? So life doesn't work that way. We cannot depend on motivation to get work done. So I don't say these things to say that motivation is bad or that we should take it for granted or um, that anything like that. I, I think motivation or, or, or inspiration, that's the type of motivation I'm talking, talking about right now where those boosts of energy, I think it's a wonderful gift when it does come, but we have to steward it when it comes. And I think that w w what we need to do, if we're going to make long-term progress in our lives, if we're going to accomplish things for the kingdom, if we're going to serve God faithfully through all of our days, not just when we're feeling like it. Instead of waiting on those flashes of excitement, we need to be people who build out disciplined daily habits and those, those little actions every day over time, which kind of march us towards our goals step by step by step, not by, you know, huge sprints and then waiting a long time and then doing another sprint. 
Because, you know, a life that depends on motivation, like even to get off the couch, it's never going to produce the type of long-term fruit that our Lord's called us to as Christians. I think of 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 58. It says, Therefore, my brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So how, how do you do that? How do you have a life where you're always abounding in the work of the Lord? Well, you're not going to do it if you're waiting until you feel like it all the time. That has to be come from somewhere deeper. It has to come from um, something that, that isn't reliant on your, your feelings and bursts of energy. Okay, so what is the place of motivation then? What do we do when we get those bursts of energy and focus? How, how, how do we harness them? Well, I think that comes to the, the second point. So, you know, we're talking about these four ways to make the most of motivation. And the first one, my advice is don't depend on it. But the second one is that we should cultivate motivation. Cultivate it. So I, I think about it this way. Motivation has a source right? It's not like this mystical, like I mentioned the muse that kind of alights on your shoulder and suddenly you were inspired and now you work, you know, like there's a reason why some days you're more, more motivated than others, right? There's a source to it. Um, the, those bursts are a result of predictable things in our lives, so in, in some ways, a lot of it, I, I think, is due to a, a logical thought process that involves um, kind of being reminded of our purposes and goals, um, and that can cause a burst of motivation, right? So, so here, here's an example. This, I, I follow a lot of um, YouTube people that talk about productivity and self-discipline and all that, and sometimes I'll watch a, a YouTube video about getting organized or something, and right after watching that, I snap into action because I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm excited. I want to do that. I want things to be a bit more, um, you know, sane around here. And so I'll, I'll, I'll buy some stuff and, and I'll just jump into action. So what happened there? Well, the motivation didn't just come out of nowhere. It came because of a thought process in my mind. There, there was a thinking that happened there that translated into um, motivation and that propelled me to get to work. So you can cultivate that by uh, cultivating your mind and focusing your mind on the right things. It says in Romans 12, 11, it says, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Why do I bring up that verse? Well, it's, it's put out there. It's an imperative. It's a command. It says, don't be slothful in zeal. And I think that, you know, motivation is kind of a, a modern word, but I think, you know, it, there's a lot of crossover with the, the biblical word zeal, right? Being fervent in spirit, he says here also. Like, that sounds like the same kind of, of concept. But what's interesting is he's commanding you not to be slothful in it. Um, and so how would you do that? It, it, th that implies at least some level of control over your fervency, over your zeal. And so I think that the implication is there that it can be cultivated, um, and the way that you stay zealous for the things of the Lord, the way that you stay focused on your mission here on earth is to fill your mind with those things that keep you focused on your goals. And primarily that's going to be scripture. Um, that's going to be the word of God is keeping yourself rooted firmly in God's word reminds you who you are, why you're here. And, and who you're serving, right? 
when we get away from that, we can lose sight of those things and therefore our motivation to be obedient to the Lord, to be a productive stewards of our lives for his sake, um, or even have an eternal perspective on these things, right? I mean, just kind of rewinding a little bit back to that first Corinthians 15, 58 verse, um, he puts at the end of it, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain, right? As Christians, we understand our productivity on an eternal timeline. What I do here is not just about providing for my family um, or getting ahead in life temporally. It's about eternal reward, right? It's about what comes after bringing God glory for eternity. And if I'm not constantly thinking about that and being reminded of, oh yeah, that's why you're here. That's what you're about. Uh, I can easily lose sight of it. And when I lose sight of it, I lose the motivation. So fill your mind with those things that keep you focused on your goals. So of course, scripture is one of those. And then I also would add, you have your own kind of unique temporal goals, or you should for your life, like um, things that you are trying to accomplish. And to stay motivated to accomplish those, you need to keep those goals in front of you. And so just very practically, um, that's why it's so important to write down your goals, write them down, keep them handy, keep them in front of you um, so that you are thinking about them. And from that, the logic um, in your mind will start turning and that will result in motivation. So that's part of it is is your mindset that, that brings motivation that helps you to cultivate it. What else? How else can you cultivate motivation? Well, have you ever noticed that like some mornings you wake up just feeling really good, right? I mean, you're not, your brain's like barely on yet, uh, but you just feel good. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to go for a run today. I feel great. Or um, I'm going to dig into that writing project or something. I'm feeling good today. Well, there are reasons biologically why some days we feel better than others. And while we can't totally control all of that, we can um, be good stewards of our physical life and thereby enjoy um, greater um, uh, frequency of those mornings where we wake up feeling good and that contributes to our motivation. Uh, so just some examples. Um, I, I feel more motivated to work and to get things done after I exercise. I know for a fact that when I exercise in the morning, first thing, everything after that, I just have a lot more energy, a lot more focus, and really a better attitude about it. And so I can cultivate my motivation by being disciplined to exercise first thing. Other things that are simple is kind of timing your caffeine intake. I I noticed this, um, if you do take caffeine, I, I do, I drink coffee. And I noticed this recently is I had stopped making coffee uh, when I got up and did my, you know, I, I wake up very early and I do a lot of work before I actually go to work. That's most of what I do for redeeming productivity is all done before I actually go to my real job at Grace to You. So one thing I used to do is I would put on a cup of coffee and I would drink that pretty soon after I got to work. I mean, sorry, uh, after I got up. And that would kind of help the juices flow. And then I'd be writing, I'd be excited about what I'm doing. But lately, I don't know why, but I, I've been waiting until I get to my real job around 8 or 8.30. And that's when I drink my first cup of coffee. Well, I've noticed it's made me less productive in the morning before that. And so that's an easy change is I can time my caffeine, caffeine intake to give me a bit more boost first thing in the morning.
Another thing that's simple uh, for cultivating your productivity or <laughs> cultivating your motivation, getting good sleep. If you're not sleeping well, you're not going to feel great when you wake up. So make sure you're getting enough sleep. Um, we've talked about this before on, on the podcast, I'm sure, but um, consistent bedtime and wake up time is one of the best things you can do to uh, give yourself better sleep. And therefore, when you wake up, feel really good. Um, and then diet, what you're eating contributes to how you feel, which contributes to your motivation. Uh, in fact, Jonathan Edwards, the Puritan, uh, he wrote this, um, I got this from his works volume one. Um, and he says by a sparingness in diet and eating as much as may be what is light and easy of digestion, I shall doubtless be able to think more clearly and shall gain time. And then he kind of explains some different ways that he'll gain time and, and, uh, focus by a sparingness in diet. So what he was talking about is he didn't want to eat too heavily, uh, because he would feel himself being feeling slothful and his mind would be sluggish. And so what's the application to us? I think that what he was saying is I, I can feel better. I can be more focused. Uh, he even makes an illusion there. He said, I shall more seldom more seldom be troubled with the headache. So he must've struggled with headaches. And he knew that somehow about the way he ate controlled that a little bit better. Um, he, he should be able to study more closely. He said, without injury to my health, I'll shall, shall need less time for sleep. So he had all these reasons about how he had this very, um, sparse diet. Now <laughs> the Jonathan Edwards diet may not be the right thing. This was a long time ago and they knew a lot less about nutrition. And there are uh, some scholars who speculate that he did a lot of damage to his health by not eating uh, enough or the right things, but that's neither here nor there. What I want to talk about is the mindset behind that cultivating motivation through your diet. If you know that when you eat junk food, you feel terrible the next day, don't do that, right? It, it, there, there are steps you can take, uh, so that you feel better it, eating the right kinds of food so that you have energy, right? Those are, that's a very simple, obvious, duh way to cultivate your motivation. But I think a lot of times we don't think about the relationship between all these things. Um, especially Christians. Sometimes we can have a tendency to kind of have this mind body dualism and feel like, oh, what we do in the physical realm doesn't matter. But no, it, it really does. And there are results if you abuse your body or don't take care of it. There are results for your productivity and your um, usefulness for Christ. So cultivate your motivation. Okay, so that was the second one, the second way to uh, make the most of motivation. We first talked about don't depend on motivation. Then we talked about cultivate motivation. But how do we take advantage of that motivation when it does come? So say we're cultivating it um, and you, you suddenly you wake up one morning and you just are filled with excitement, motivation. You're ready to, uh, I don't know, tackle that book project or you, you've been putting off, um, you haven't been consistent in studying the Bible and you're like, okay, I'm ready. I want to dig in. I'm going to, I'm going to go and do it. How do you do that? Well, so the third point here is reinvest motivation, reinvest motivation. So imagine that, um, you received $5,000 by surprise. You just had a sudden windfall of money that you weren't expecting. You didn't need for like necessities and stuff. You just got it. Maybe it's a small inheritance or know, maybe the stimulus check thing or something, right? Uh, what do you do with that? 
some of us <laughs> might immediately go and blow it on things we don't really need. You say, oh, I need a, I'm going to get a bigger TV or, or I'm going to get some fancy schmancy shoes or I'm going to get a golden chainmail turtleneck because I've always wanted one of those for sword battles. I don't know. I don't know what you guys like. I'm into golden chainmail turtlenecks. That's what I'm wearing right now. And I have to be very careful that I don't move around too much or you'll hear all the chains uh, jingling. I'm joking. Very dry humor. Uh, anyway, so what do you do? Do you see, what do you, do you view that windfall of money as just kind of free extra money? Or do you see it as an opportunity for stewardship? And I would argue as Christians, we should see that as an opportunity for stewardship. If you, if you got a sudden windfall of money, you should think, okay, how can I utilize this, um, you know, and honor the Lord with it. And that doesn't necessarily just mean like, oh, I'll give it all to the church or something, but you stewarding it even for your, your house, right? That's something you are responsible for. You say, Hey, I'm going to spend this money. I'm going to put new windows on the house because it's going to save on our bills, make the place look nicer and increase the value, right? So you've stewarded it. You've taken that sudden windfall and you have used it. You've reinvested it, um, for good. So, that's the analogy. What I'm saying is that we should treat bursts of motivation the same way. We should see them as an opportunity for stewardship. And therefore we should take those opportunities, that windfall of, of energy and put it back into our productivity system. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about this in just a second. But the principle here is, is basically I'm saying treat motivation like something that you need to steward. So let me explain exactly what I think is the best way to reinvest motivation um, when you have those bursts of it. And that is our fourth uh, point or our fourth way to make the most of motivation. And that is use motivation to create systems. Use motivation to create systems. So knowing that motivation or inspiration, it's finite, it's fickle, it's here, then it's gone. We know that's true. I think that what we need to do then is the, the best way we steward those winds of motivation is actually to use them, to reinvest them back into building systems that will support our productivity in the rest of our lives when we don't have the motivation. See what I'm saying? Um, there is a, a guy, BJ Fogg. He is the founder and the director of Stanford's uh, Behavioral Design Lab. And he has a well-known saying uh, that I just think is, is so practical and so true. He, sa he always says, assume your future self is going to be lazy. Assume your future self is going to be lazy. Um, and that's, that's a great thought. So I think what happens is, at least for me, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this, so many projects I try to undertake fail because I start them on the back of like this wind of motivation. And, and I do it in a way where I assume that that motivation and excitement is always going to be there. But what, what can, why these projects fail is if we, if we don't set up a system to keep things moving, even beyond when the motivation excitement is gone, then when the motivation fails, so will the project. So how do we, how do we do this? Well, you take the motivation that you have now, assume that your future self is going to be lazy and not have this motivation and basically 
harness the motivation to create a system that will work even when you're not feeling this way. So let's do some examples. Say you're, you're wanting to write a book. You're finally going to write that great American novel you've always talked about. Well, when motivation strikes, your temptation is going to be to just start writing. And, and you might write a bunch. You might sit down and write like 3,000, 5,000 words. Be like, this is great. All right, that's excellent. But then you put it away for another six months or a year until the next strike of motivation comes. You're never going to write a book at that pace. It's not going to work out. So what do you do when, when you're like, you know what? It's finally time to start. Resist the, the temptation to just jump in and start working. Instead, work and harness that motivation put a put a bit in the mouth of that motivation and use it to set up a system that will help you write um something manageable every day say so make a goal for yourself or say okay i'm going to use this and i'm going to build something so that i write 500 words a day i'm going to set up my files in a way that's going to make this conducive i'm going to basically set up make a plan I'm going to, I'm going to use IA writer and I'm going to just sit down every day. I'm going to write 500 more words and make that all set up and make it super, um, easy for you to do every day so that, um, there's no friction there and, and you know exactly what to do when you wake up and you say, okay, I have this plan. I'm going to write 500 words. Another, another example is say you wanted to get into working out regularly um, well, when the motivation strikes, don't just go to the gym one time and then be like, excellent, great. Um, that was good. <laughs> now I'll do that again in a couple months. Now, instead, use that to plan, to, to pick out a workout routine, maybe to maybe to go buy some shoes or to, to call and, and set up an appointment with a personal trainer, someone who will keep you accountable. Use the wind of motivation to set yourself up for success when the motivation is no longer there tomorrow. Um, same goes to this is just another example. Same goes for Bible study. Say, like I was saying in the beginning, you're not consistent with your, your studying the Bible. You want to read the Bible every morning and sometimes you feel like it. Sometimes you don't. And so you just read it on the days that you feel like it and you don't when you don't. So that, that's a classic example. I think a lot of, um, Christians can sympathize with of motivation, us being kind of a slave to fickle motivations is, is with Bible study. But how about instead, next time you're waking up feeling great and you, you want to dig into the word and you're thinking, I really need to do this more. How about instead of just jumping in, you go and find a Bible reading plan online and set it up and make a plan and say, okay, by this date, I'm going to have read all of this. Don't do something crazy, ambitious, do something manageable. Remember, assume your future self is going to be lazy. So do something small so that you can make incremental progress towards that goal every day. And really, I, that's what I've tried to do with this podcast and, and the blog and the videos I do. Um, often I'll be really, I'll have like that wind of inspiration. Be like, oh, I really want to do this, this crazy, cool, like teaching instruction thing where I'm going to make this, this 10 part series. It'll be like 10 weeks long, you know, come up with some huge, exciting, big thing. Um, but if I'm not careful, I will pour like a Saturday or, or a whole morning or, or, you know, as long as the motivation lasts into creating some real huge epic thing. And then I turn around and I don't have the motivation to finish it. Or 
um, something I have to be really careful with is that I create something that's not sustainable, that I kind of bite off more than I can chew. And so I've tried to really apply what I'm talking about right now to the production of, of redeeming productivity. Cause again, I have to do this all in my free time and I don't have a ton of free time. And so I have to be very careful that I build systems that are going to allow me to have a sustainable way of producing a new episode of the podcast, a new blog, a new edition of the newsletter. And I have to plan that out really well. Otherwise it won't be able to contend for continue for the long run. And so I've tried to do that there. So sometimes when I have a, a burst of motivation instead, what I'll, I'll do is I will work on my content calendar. So I'll plan out, I'll be like, okay, this is a good day. I've got some extra time. I'm feeling good. Let's plan out the next month of content. Then the next day when I wake up and I'm like, oh, I really don't feel like doing this. I just open up the content calendar and they're like, oh, here is the episode. Here's the subject you need to record on today. Or you need to finish the first draft of the blog post for Wednesday today. And the plan's laid out. There's nothing really to think about. I just need to dive into that. Um, and I don't need a giant um, boost of motivation to do it. I just kind of work the plan. So those are the four areas. I really think that this can be very helpful. And like I said, because it has been for me, how do we make the most motivation? Well, don't depend on it. Do things to cultivate motivation. When you do have motivation, reinvest it so that you can continue to uh, produce long-term results even when it's gone. And how you do that was number four, which is use motivation to create systems. Build a system for yourself so that you can be making progress every day with tiny steps of discipline instead of waiting around for motivation to raise her fickle head. Well, that's all I have for you guys this week. I hope that that was helpful. If it is, as always, feel free to send me an email. I'm just reagan at redeemingproductivity.com. That's R-E-A-G-A-N. I'm always happy to hear from listeners and uh, pretty much all of them uh, I've responded to myself. So please send that on over. And again, if you're interested in the newsletter, go ahead and sign up for that at redeemingproductivity.com slash newsletter. There will be a link in the description as well. And thank you so much for listening. I will see you here again next week. But until then, remember this. In whatever you do, do it well and do it all for the glory of God. Mm -hmm.